0: Well, folks, unfortunately, over the next three months or so, maybe four or five months, we are going to have to at least think about the debt ceiling and the debate going on about raising it. In order to have this conversation, I wanted to speak with a good friend of the channel, Miss Anna Kelly. How are you doing, Anna?
1: I'm doing great. Good to be here with you.
0: Absolutely. So usually I get to ask you and then I get to respond after. You want to you change it up a little bit. You want me to give you my opinion <laughs> about the debt ceiling and uh, then you can react to that. Is that what we're doing here?
1: Yes, let's do it.
0: So I believe, uh, so first off, I've I've been watching the debt ceiling dance for years. And Mm -hmm. what I want people to realize is I think what we are about to go through is akin to 2011. Most people have no idea what happened in 2011. The debt ceiling debate, kerfuffle, whatever you want to call it, was so bad that the U.S. currency, the U.S. country... Went from AAA rating to AA. It was yes. significant. Uh, the stock market, to my recollection, went down 20%, which was trillions of dollars in household wealth. It was bad. It also didn't have to happen, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I believe what we are heading to is something akin to 2011. And I will admit that the setup in Congress is worse than 2011 which doesn't give me great comfort. I believe these folks are going to play with our credit rating. Uh, I believe both parties are not currently negotiating in good faith. Uh, I believe there's not a lot of good stuff going on in Congress. So I yeah. I believe it. it's my current base case is they're going to take it up to the last minute, which at this point I think is early June. I think they're going to test it. I think something's going to break. I think the stock market's going to tank. I think rates are going to explode. And again, just like 2011, it didn't have to happen. So uh-huh. I think Congress is a mess. Yeah. I think there is no leadership, right? It's a lot of splinter sides. Uh, yes. There's nobody in the middle. And uh, it's going to be bad. That's kind of where I sit today. So I'll let you react yeah. to all of that.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. You know, part part of the issue in in my opinion is that our congressmen and women do not really fully understand the implications of what raising or lowering the debt ceiling does, how it impacts the confidence in the US government's ability to pay our debts. Um, how that then you know trickles down into inflows and outflows of, of U.S. treasuries and the markets, um, inflows into U.S. equities versus chasing foreign equities if they're considered more safe and stable. And so, you know, I, I hear these arguments and these debates on both the right and the left um, that are these extreme, we absolutely will not raise the debt ceiling or we absolutely have to raise the debt ceiling. If we quit all the pork spending that's on both sides and have less debt uh, coming that's new debt, that would tackle a lot of our issues. But the reality is there's been tremendous amount of debt spent to deal with the pandemic. Um, and and since you know 2008, and as interest rates rise, like we talked about in the first video, our cost of servicing that debt goes up as well. And so when the Treasury steps in and says, we're going to implement extraordinary measures to be able to make sure that we can pay our debt if you don't raise the debt ceiling, you know Janet Yellen's basically says we can pay our debts Our I think, until June, pay our yeah, debts early, until June. Early June, June
0: 4th and June 6th. And then if the debt
1: ceiling isn't raised, then we our credit rating will go down. Um, it would look like we have the risk of default. And so it'll be this crisis in Congress because Congress is the only one that can come in and say, yes, we're going to raise the debt ceiling. I don't think that there's a backdoor way to do that. If I'm correct, Michael, and so well, there's there's the always this talk of the, together.
0: yeah, there's this talk of this trillion dollar platinum coin nonsense, which is a total backdoor and a hack. I hope they don't go because if they go that way, it's the same. It's the same impact. We are we're um yeah we're we're looking again. We're playing. They're they're going to play with the U.S. reserve currency. They're going to play with our credit rating. They're going to play with inflows and outflows. If you right. ever wanted to get the Chinese currency or the Russia currency, or any other pick a country or a collection of them. Take the credit in faith of the U.S. Treasury down. It just gives them Well, if they're like Congress is the reason that our credit rating went down. They were seen as a bunch of clowns in 2011. Right. I think it's going to happen again.
1: What a lot of people don't realize, um, I, I've read a really good book called Global Shocks. I can't remember the name of the author right now, but he has been, you know, in the Treasury and Fed for decades. I think longer than I've been alive, and he talks about the history of global financial crisis. And we think of things like 2008, right, or the pandemic, but or, or major wars. But the other things that really cause huge financial crises are currency wars um, and the the rate the Fed rate for each of the countries. And so most countries have kind of had this handshake, Michael, that We're going to try to keep our currency values about equal in terms of the big superpowers so that one country doesn't have an advantage or disadvantage when it comes to imports or exports and when it comes to money coming into the country to go into more, you know, what's looked at as as more safe debt and higher rates. And so as the globe wrestles with how do they fight inflation in each of their own countries, what rates do they you know, bring up their central bank rates to, that increases debt. They're looking at which countries are at risk of default and how do we restructure quickly. The U.S., I think on the positive side, maybe a little more positive than what you think, I think that on the U.S. side, the good news is that we're a better bet than most other countries that look like they're going into a global potentially a global depression, at least a global recession. So if lots of other countries are struggling, the U.S. won't look as bad. Um, it, it might still be the best option. But to your point, there are you know countries like Brazil and China and Russia that are trying to become a new currency, um, trade oil and commodities in that currency, the BRICS currencies. So when there's competition, if the U.S. doesn't show its stability and its willingness of politicians to raise the debt ceiling to make good on their their debts, uh, people lose confidence and money will flow out very quickly. And it could spiral into not only a national crisis, but a political worldwide country against country currency war type of situation in reality.
0: Yeah. And then the last thing I will say about this is we both brought it up. This is all theater. This is all headline grabbing probably until the end of May, I believe. Both sides are gonna sit with a hand grenade in their hand. They've already pulled the pen and they are gonna wait until the last minute. This again, if 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 January sixth is the date, Janet Yellen has given us a date. Let's I don't remember what it was. I'm gonna say January sixth. Nothing meaningful happens until June first. At the earliest. Yeah.
1: You mean June sixth? Right. Yeah, June six yeah,
0: or June sixth, sorry. thank you for the correction. Mm-hmm. yeah, if the sure. date of failure is June sixth, I believe nothing meaningful happens. this this is sad. The earliest is June first,
1: and I it will probably right.
0: go until June fifth.
1: I think you're right because it's there's so, so many extreme voices on both sides of the aisle that this is like their pet thing they want to say i'm winning political points by either allowing or not allowing the debt ceiling and so you know you've got the 90 percent in the middle that's got a persuade enough votes on either side and they're going to have to give something up in order to get there. But yeah, we, we've got political gridlock for sure. And that's not good when we're in the situation that we are. So I hope they can get it together sooner and prove us wrong. Um, if they don't, then I think it's, it's going to be far more consequential than they think that it's going to be.
0: Yeah. It's uh, I do not. I believe this is uh 2011 cubed or squared. It's, unfortunate. Yeah. That's currently what I think. And I have zero yeah, faith is, in our elected officials.
1: Yeah, I, I I wish I could disagree with you, but I don't. <laughs> Most of the time we agree on 90 percent. Right. But back to what we talked about in the first video, and I'd encourage you all to go back and listen to it if you haven't. You know, where are we in the economy? And the issue is there's hope. And we hope that inflation is coming down and we hope that the Fed can get a soft landing and pull like a Sully Sullenberg miracle yep. on on the Hudson hustle, um, with yeah. inflation. But the reality is there's so many other factors like the debt ceiling, like what we're talking about, escalation potentially with the Russia and Ukraine war with us in Germany, you know, now providing more military, you know, equipment. There's so many other things that can happen that the system is just extremely unstable and bubbles about to pop and so many things that could pop that bubble that unfortunately i'm not real optimistic where things are going to be in the next couple years i think we're in for a couple of years of pain and we just have to be resilient and and come back to the fundamentals we always in our show with this, right come back to the fundamentals of investing protecting your money making wise decisions only doing really great deals And investing in things that have long term proven history of resilience during economic pain. So it's not throw our hands up and stop. It's let's figure out what we do. Um, And real estate's one of the best assets. It's a real asset that holds value to say, let's do what we can now to preserve wealth and make some decisions that help us hedge some of the reality that we probably are in for a couple of years of economic pain and have the wherewithal to come out on the other side and, and play the long game.
0: Absolutely. Anna said it very well. Anna, where can people find you?
1: Great. You can find me here every week and on my playlist on your channel, social media at Ana Kelly, REI Mom. And if you're an accredited investor interested in passive investments, you could find me at greaterpurposecapital.com.
0: Thank you so much. Take care.
1: Thank you.